Okay, welcome to episode 111 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. Every week, myself and a co-host find a comic subject and examine what makes it tick. This week, it's the return of Edinburgh's own comic fan creator and comics historian. Oh, yes, it's Mr. Alan Henderson. How you doing, Geezy? You all right? Greetings. Comics historian. That, that's, well, we uh, kind of are now, aren't we, I suppose? Yeah, I suppose. Okay. It's more just... It's just our jibber-jabber. Yeah, the, the, the book's coming soon that we've written. No, it's not really good. Written one. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, just a comics appreciate. What can we call it? Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I'm, I, I, you know, some of the guys that, uh, you know, Eamon and the like, who actually put the effort into to, to <laughs> yeah. going deep history. <laughs> uh, we, I would say was a historian. I'm, I'm more just somebody who, who reminisces about the good old days. Yeah, there's a bit of that. That's history, though, mate. You're that old. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, how have you been, actually? I'm into us because for people listening to this in the far-flung future, the we've just had the sort of Omicron announcements. It's the run-up to Christmas. This is kind of our Christmas episode, actually, isn't it, thinking about yeah. it? Um, mm. how, how have you been shaping up, man? Everything all right? I have been absolutely fine. Um, yeah. I've uh, I managed to avoid um, the the cases that, that took place at my work. Oh. Um, I wasn't in that day, so no, the, uh, that, that didn't get, uh, get any issues. Uh, we even managed to have our Christmas night out, and um, we were on it when they made the announcement that Christmas night is out should shouldn't take place. Oh, good so, work! Um, yeah, we, we 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 just said, well, we'd have our, our lunch was the the night out, and the you know this was the meeting afterwards, and that was before <laughs> we knew about, but we needed to have cheese and wine to make it a proper meeting. Yeah, uh, yeah. but no, everything's fine for that. Um, everybody I know is is now triple jabbed, so um, it, that's all good from that perspective of getting everybody to be fit and healthy hopefully um over the the festive period yeah everyone's pulled their finger out and got triple jabbed didn't they i think it's good yeah it's worked out all right isn't it um well it's it, it certainly it, it highlights those that will and those that won't yeah you know, if I you think were going so. yeah if you're going to get the first two you were you're, you've just gone and got the third and gone right bang um if you were always going to be in the other camp <laughs> polite about them uh then, then you, were, you know, this wasn't going to make you change your mind. You know? Yeah, um, I think you're right. Yeah, there's always that five percent who won't do it, and there, I suppose, you know, what yeah. are you going to do? And it could be worse. There are other countries that have considerably less. Oh God, yeah, yeah, else. there really are. Yeah. Um, good. Well, at the end of this episode, or the second, I suppose, the last third of it, we're going to talk a bit about what we've enjoyed this year, what we're going to look forward to, just a bit of a sort of Christmas chat. Um, yep. But to begin with, Alan is going to tell us what he's chosen for us to read this week. So this week, um, we're going to talk about a book that came out in 2011 called The Silver Darlings um, by Will Morris and published by Blank Slate Press. Excellent. Now, this is a book that you very kindly gifted me at um thought bubble or you go you you bought me a copy and the dude the dude sketched it and then he handed it over and said this is from a secret admirer and i guess it was you see, I, I don't think anyone ever said who gave you the books yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I know you... <laughs> yeah no i was I, I was speaking to will and i said oh go on just put a sketch in one of those and take it around to, to twitter um, yeah and he drew yeah. a boat and the name of the boat is tony yeah yep. rather than regret or whatever the name of that boat was called the um what was the name of that boat in that song well, that's um, Scottish band. Destiny, is that? Destiny, or? that's it. I was trying to think of. Um, regret, that came to mind too quickly, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, he, he said to me, did, did uh, you want a sailor or did you want a boat? And I thought you, you'd, you know, you've, you've got to spend enough time down the docks that you know the sailors. So yeah, I know all the sailors by name. Yeah. yeah, all of them. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's not what this book is about. By any stretch of so um, it's by Will Morris, like you say, and we're going to have a little chat about him. Um, but did you want to have just uh, give us a sort of summary what it's about? Yeah. So this is a, a coming of age story um, set in 1969, though, frankly, they don't really, you know, that it, it could be any time. Yeah, it doesn't, they don't lean into that, do they? Yeah. Pre, it, it, it feels pre-1980 in terms of just sort of the way that some of the designs are done. But that, it's, yeah. it's that sort of it's a coming of age story um, about um, a young boy who is about to leave for, for university and spends the last summer um, prior to that working on his father's shipping boat where they, they, they fish for, for mackerel and uh, that mackerel being known as the Silver Darlings. That's, yeah. that's where the yeah. name, name comes from. And being that, that sort of boisterous teenager, he wants to challenge and be contrary to the superstitions and the the, the activities that, that have been built up around the you know the, the fishing community yeah. and basically prove some of these things wrong. And then through, through the course of the book, he, he realises that while, yes, it might just be all, you know, pie in the sky, the, you know, the, the, the reasons for not having a lady on the boat and all that sort of stuff, um, the actual existence of them is, is a worthwhile thing because it helps create the community and the feeling of pulling together. Um, and that that's kind of the art the story arc that he goes through yeah. um of, of the of the piece so that is is that, that interesting coming of age story of of and, and realization that sometimes having stories matters yeah that's right and that having these superstitions and these traditions is is really part of their their daily grind isn't it you know and they they repeat them and we kind of learn they don't really mean what you expect them to mean they don't mean that yeah, we're going to have a big, you know, a big catch this week because we yeah. haven't, we weren't carrying a knife with a white handle or something. But uh, yeah, they mean more than that. They, you know, there's, a, there's a central spiritual moment almost, isn't there? On there, um, definitely, man. Now, the Silver Darlings is is quite a phrase, isn't it? There's a movie. I think I think I found a movie um, that they made of it. That's a sort of black and white. It's a bit like an Ealing movie, that sort of thing, but filmed up. Yeah. Um, in Scotland, did you ever look at that one, man, at all? That, that I didn't. Um, right. I was, I've been more watching the, some of the small videos about Will and stuff. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's yeah. a common phrase, it's a, and it, it's used. You know, you'll find loads of restaurants have it listed on their menus and stuff. It's you know, it's, it's nothing. So in in itself, it's not you know a particular thing. It, or it, yeah, so it's it's just a common phrase that's, that's yeah. used in Scotland. I guess. Yeah, than. yeah, I get you, man. It's um, there's a movie I've found my notes. Nineteen forty-seven. Um, it's um, also a book by a guy called Neil Gunn, who wrote a novel about the herring fisheries and life around around um, the Scottish fishing trawlers, and that's 592 pages, so I haven't read that yet. Um, he uh, he was the son of a fisherman. And it's also, if you put it into YouTube, it's a very um, oft-sung, like, sea shanty. Yeah. Um, and there was a group of men, I think... There was a movie a couple of years ago called The Fisherman's Friends. I think it was called that, and that's the name of the group. And they do they do a performance of it. And it's really nice. It's, it's, I'm, a, I'm a lover of English and Scottish folk music, and I think it's great. I really do, I, I like I like the fact that it's still out there. And there's there's a few people who sing it on on this thing as well. Um, now I, I was worried that you were going to have um, have us try to, to join in, but um, oh yeah, you know, we've got a lovely voice. Given, given that, that that was lockdown one, we've moved on from Sea <laughs> <Yeah>. Chat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, how did you discover it, dude? 
So, I must admit, this is one of these ones, again, where my memory of how I got this doesn't necessarily tie in with all the information I now have in front of me. <laughs> yeah, because, um, so I, I, I have a version that um, that's come from Gosh and therefore okay. and, and has the Gosh tip in play, uh, which means it would be, be 2011, which is when it was actually published that I would have picked this book up. However, my, my version is also signed and sketched in by Will, but dated 2013. Yeah, now 2013, oh. I think, is the date I got from inside the book, actually. Yeah. Is that right? 2011 is certainly the original publication uh, date. Oh, yes. Look, this is, is yeah. where it gets confusing online because some of the a lot of the reviews seem to be dated 2013. Yes, so that's I where I made that mistake. Soft launch yeah. and then a, followed by a hard launch. But I think yeah. Will won an award as, as a up-and-coming artist. Yes. Or one of the artists to watch. I think it was the... 2013. Um, yeah, he did, didn't he? Was it um, British oh, Comic Awards? That's right, Awards. British Comics Awards up and coming. Um, yeah, in fact, he beat um, he beat Dil Rajman at the time. So yeah, yeah and as well, Greenberg, I think as well. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, quite a, quite a class to be to be in. So yeah. it, um, I think that it, it got a resurgence in twenty thirteen at that point. So being a gosh tip and play book, that's probably where I would have picked it up. Then I was introduced to Will at. And Edinburgh event, and we got talking, and you know we got to you know, chat away and stuff. And it turned out that his um, his studio is in a place called Coburg House. Okay, Coburg House is down the the Leith part of Edinburgh, yes. and it's an yes. old um, factory that's basically been converted into something like fifty different artist studios. Oh wow! Okay, and that's you know because it's, it's just lots and lots of little rooms in this this sort of big warehouse factory type place um and within that there's people who make jewelry there's people who do big canvas paintings there's people who do and you know tweeds and all that sort of stuff um and every now and again they have an open day where you can basically go down and they you know because normally it's where it's, it's a working set of studios that's where people do all their their you know their the actual work of producing their art yeah but you know, maybe twice a year they say right open doors come in on the saturday and sunday and you can tour around. Obviously, they're, they're trying to sell things. That's the the, the, the key. Yeah, um, and you know, so as part of that, I got you know met Will again, and we you know we got chatting to those things. So he and I have continuously crossed paths through <laughs> the you know the Scottish mafia of comics creators, if you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the Edinburgh space. And he's a really nice guy. And, you know, and when I first met him, he would have been about. 21 22 or something um yeah, yeah. so he was a young lad so he came out for drinks for a couple of times with us i think he soon realized that he was goodnessly or we, we were heavier drinkers You're professionals than, than he yeah. was looking yeah. for so you know but it was a case of still you know he's always been you know engaged with us for that um and i guess what really stunned me with regard to this book is this is him straight out of the, the blocks yeah so this he was you know, doing this, this whilst at Campbell college of arts wasn't he yeah, so yeah. this is the, the university project, if you like, and yeah. you're, and then when you when because you, initially when or before I met him, I would have quite happily assumed that this was somebody who'd lived most of his life either on the coast in Scotland, yeah. either on the west coast or in Fife or one of these small fishing villages, to get the depth of characterization and to have the feeling for what these superstitions were and what the traditions were. Yeah, but he's well, not. Let me stop. May may I stop you there? Okay, so this is where I wanted to ask you a question. I warned you I had a question coming. So he is um, from, I'm, I'm guessing, somewhere in southern England from his yep. accent. He um, he first 
got interested in creating this book by he went along he was at, i think he was at a small fishing village in Ayrshire called Dunur. Dunur? You see, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. they had an information board that had kind of local superstitions on it. And that's where the story growled. Okay. Now, as I know you are a proud Scotsman, Alan, how yep. do you feel about an Englishman taking this and running with it? What are your thoughts on it? So, because it's been handled so well yes agree. there's no yeah. heart and tammy in it there's no red hair well, there's red hair but there's no play on the, the you know the the classical um characteristics of of, of willie from the um yeah. yeah from the simpsons type piece I, I you know i this would this would add easily work as a book if it was the fishing in cornwall and they just changed some of the accents and tonnage yeah um yeah. so i think the you know, the, uh, he, he handles it so sympathetically, and he handles the the, the the elements that are Scottish. It helps that his 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 girlfriend is Scottish. Or yeah, he, he quite openly says she helped him with yeah, the dialogue. With, with the she? dialogue, yeah. So the, I think that has a has a bonus there. So no, I, I you know I think it really takes some balls to write a story or, or a folk tale about an area that you're not from. Yeah. Or. You know, and it's not even that he is like Cornish, and then going fine. I'll write about the Scottish, you know, yeah. the Scottish equivalents of it, of this. Um, so I think you know the way he's actually ended up producing this, it, it exceeds what any issues that you might have around yeah. saying, "Oh, yeah. so he's I, I, doing a Scottish book." I don't think it fits like that at all. I agree, um, man, and I think with with that question, I mean, it is the the question I am asking is cultural appropriation in a way i suppose which is, is a redundant term as far as i'm concerned because i try i try and take everything on its own merits you know everything and everybody on their own merits and he, i think he's lived in edinburgh for a decade now yeah well, so he's, he's one of us he's, now. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got um he's got a scottish partner he's he's he has listening to his interviews done his fucking research because he, yes. he went and researched the book and he also listened to some archive material airship radio yep. on the trawlerman um, he said he has said, however, if he had his time again, he would want to get out on a boat because he and I I appreciate that because he's that into it. And yeah. I think in this case, I think it doesn't always work. You know, I think sometimes people get it wrong, but I think he got it right. I mean, I, I, my family, as you well know, are from the, from a coastal town yeah. with a, you know, and they my parents lived in a, in a in a village that was a fishing village. Yeah. You know, so I, I appreciate that where he's coming from, and it, it did seem very real to me. I'm not an expert, but it certainly felt very real to me. So I think I think it's a redundant question, but I just I half I was thinking about it at lunchtime today, and I thought I wonder why I wonder if Alan's chosen it for this reason. So I had to ask you the question. Put it that way, man. You saw no, me. I, I literally yeah. chose this because. It's a lovely book. Yeah, I get um, it. The art's stunning. The story's got got layers to it yeah. as well, and as as a depth that means that you know it's it's a, it's a teenager going off to university last summer. Well, that could be anything, yeah. but it actually has more to it than that in terms yeah. of this this pushback against the the superstitions and traditions and and what that what that means. So yeah. No, Agreed, um, there's a certain number of scenes in it as well that i think are interesting cool well we'll cover a couple of them um mm. so just wanted to just put it um geographically where it is so it's in the it's in the firth of clyde um which is on the west coast of scotland which um you and i are more sort of east well you certainly are east coast and i'm, I'm sort of more veer towards knowing the east coast but i have been you must have holidayed Oh, I mean, yes. We did. We as kids, we did Oban and Barrow and Mull and all that sort of thing. You know, we did. We did all that as kids, and it is it's breathtaking over there, man. You got to admit it. 
Yeah, there's a really Butlins in the air. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you that. And, yeah, <laughs> I spent, spent yeah. a few days in it at one point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so it's um, got the deepest coast. I did some research. Listen to this: deepest coastal waters of the UK. It's the Kintyre Peninsula. Um, it has the Isle of Bute, which was a, an important naval base within a WW2, um, and it was a popular ho- holiday location when holidays become became de rigueur for the in the Victorian era. Um, lots of grey seals and lots of basking sharks. What a place, eh? How cool is that? Yep. That's brilliant. And, and yeah. technically, Mrs. H was uh, well, not technically. She was born that side of the um, of the country as well. So oh, she's, look at uh, you, you exotic man, you yes. marrying someone from over there. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, she left there when she was um, less than one, but that's but. <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. Her dad was in the raft. They moved about. Oh, I get you. Um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's yeah, it is a lovely part of, you know of, mm. of the country. Um, get yourself to the Isle of Arran. Um, right. Okay. Spend some time there. It, it's a, you know, a lovely place to be. Yeah. Um, if you want to climb some hills, and um, it's not too bad for the midge. On, for, on for anyone aware of the movie Whiskey Galore, I kind of always think of that side of Scotland whenever I see that movie. Not that new nonsense one they made, but the original. Um, yeah. yeah I, like, I like all that sort of thing, man. It's um, and the, the, it's fairly untouched to a certain extent in certain areas, isn't it? There's no real, um, you know, it's, it's not like. Um, parts of the uk that are just full of old mcdonald's wrappers and stuff there are parts of it that are just gorgeous and breathtaking and stuff like that so mm-hmm. setting it there for me certainly when you give it to me i went oh i really like that side of the country this is going to be good um and like you say the characters are likable and they are real feeling you don't they're not all brilliant people you know there's no you know it's just it's just a slice of life for that kid and his fat father and the other the other you know fishermen on that boat it's it's pretty impressive i learned some things about it as well you know about fishing um but yeah cool yeah i mean and, and it's you know it's not an easy life yeah being, and that's you know not even setting it in, in 1969 makes it any any easier compared to where it is now it's you know it's still a hard life for you know for not an awful lot of gain yeah um, yeah and it's, it's pretty much that i mean they allude to it in there don't they but it's getting pretty much fished out now isn't it mm. as well is the problem um yeah let's just quickly mention while we're on the subject of will um, he, um, the other work he's done, he did the Siege of Castle Galliard in 2014 for the Oxford University Press in a, in an anthology book called So You Want to Build a Castle. He did Call of the Wild, an adaption again for Oxford, Oxford University Press. Adventures in Design he did, which featured on the walls of the V&A in Dundee, which is quite a museum. I've been there myself. That's a, that's a great place. Mm. Um, he did Clerk Colville in No Brown Nine, which I have read and I didn't realise was him. Um, no Brown Nine was when I it came out around the same time as I started my sort of relationship with No Brown. It, it's, it's a great anthology. Um, the Black Stant um, with David Bailey, which was in CMYK for Vertigo, which I own. I must admit, I, yeah, I was like, I, I didn't know he was in that, and I've read that, so that was like... yeah, me too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he was in IDP twenty forty three for the Edinburgh Book Festival for Freight Books. Um, according to his most recent social media that I found, he says he's working on a comic set in Tudor times. As I understand it, um, yeah. Instagram. So that, that's due out as a book next year. Having spoken to him at football briefly about it. So oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I, I don't know who with. Though I didn't, uh, or don't remember who. Yeah, I haven't. Who, I haven't read who with. Yeah, yeah. Briefly. But okay. he's also done quite a lot of uh, stuff um, in the European market as well. Okay. Um, oh, he's in Spiru, isn't he? He's in Spiru, and I think he's done other um, pieces as well that, that have appeared because his style. So th- this book is drawn 
ink with with watercolor with yes. a black watercolor wash over it yeah right and there's a couple of videos online of him just doing one or two characters and showing how it's how it's done and it's you know it's very simple he's moved away from that as a style and i feel like and he's, his style is now slightly more european i think yeah more clear line that. isn't it yeah he's yeah. also i mean even this book has a very clean line in it it's just it maybe it's just stopped using the wash effect yeah that's what i thought yeah that's where i kind of went with that and yeah. he's using a lot of the coloring um is more of that european you know yeah. tintin kind of yeah yeah i know what you mean but um but that, that that's you know as i say this was a book when he did when he was basically 20. He's yeah now, fuck you know, all that yeah 10 years later mind. yeah you know, people move on so but it's uh yeah but and, I mean, and the watercolor use in this as i say there's scenes in it where he uses he makes it clearly the page would be very wet to get some of the sky effects yeah to, to use some of the water um it's just absolutely you know beautiful to get the you know to get the, the life into those yeah. Those parts of the page just by using the watercolors is, is a, a great way to, to show how to, a lot of to use make of, it work. A lot of use of shadow as well, I notice, um, mm. inside the book and off the side of you know streets and stuff like that. Really beautiful. For those that haven't seen the book, it's um, for anyone who's seen maybe the um, No Brown Hilda books. So it's about that size, oversized BD format hardback, but it's got the, um, I don't know how you describe it. Uh, is it like a cloth spine almost, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I really like that. I really like people who do that. I don't know why. I'm just really taken by it. Um, it's better in it's better in the blue and blues and blacks. If you get, I know, um, Dalston Monsters is in yellow and that gets dirty. But uh, yeah, this is a this is a good a good size hardback. Um, how many pages did we say it was? Is it uh... not numbered? Sadly, uh, no. I didn't count it. Oh, no, it's not a long. I'm guessing about fifty, sixty, maybe something like that. I just yeah. want to see the lists it on the Amazon page. Yeah, I couldn't see it on there. Yeah, so, um, but, but yeah, it's a it, you know it's a standard UK annual. It's fat, it's thicker. Yeah, now. yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, it's, 40, it's in. You can get it in Spanish and French for the listeners. Fourteen pounds seventy four on Amazon in Spanish. Thirteen pounds in French. There you go. Um, and it's uh, nine ninety nine, which is a good deal actually. That's a good price, isn't it? It is. It goes, it's an absolute steal for that, and you yeah. can get it directly from Will. We'll give his website out at the end. Yeah, but um, I, I imagine if you get it direct from him, he will probably certainly sign and possibly do something else in it as yeah. well. If you... Yeah, I got a sort of blue line sketch in it. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, yeah. So blank slate or another thing. You you had um you were going to talk a little bit about blank yeah, slate. Yeah, so please. blank slate. I, this was one of the the nexus points I think in in UK comics where yeah. at that, that point in time we had blank slate, we had self made hero, and various other sort of small. Bigger small press, I don't know how to yeah, describe yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. taking place, and that was it was always one of the great things about Thought Bubble or various other cons that you would have. You know, they would be there with a big table, and they would always bring artists with them to to, to do things. But you know, Black Slate, it, it seems to have entirely gone on hiatus uh, at the moment. Yeah. They seem to have closed everything down. It was set up by Kenny Penman, um, okay. who was one of the original owners of. Um, um, I was going to say Forbidden Planet. Technically, he was the owner of the science fiction bookshop in Edinburgh, okay. which was the the oldest fantasy bookshop in the UK. Right. Um, but it was always part of the Forbidden Planet International chain. Right. Um, and he and Jim Hamilton, when they split Forbidden Planet in half, and the the history of that can, yeah. can go to another podcast some other time. Yeah. Um, was set up. So Kenny basically got to a point where there were certain books he was like oh i quite fancy certain things going out and a lot of that i think was associated primarily with um ollie east and um trains are mint 
Yeah, yeah, and I know Ollie. I shared a table with Ollie once. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice yeah. guy. Oh, ended up getting him. picked up by. I'm going to say Top Shelf was it? I think in the end. Yes, yeah, I think it was. But I think in, in so. But initially, Kenny said he we were to get some of that out there. So he basically set up Blank Slate Press as the right. as the way to do that. And if you actually go through each of the Blank Slate books, they're numbered as plates, which I quite like. I think this okay. is number sl sorry slate to number nine twenty nine. This one is. In terms of the blank slate. Oh, right. Okay. Um, and if yeah. you go through all of the different books, have, have got that as a way down. But my, my funny story with, with Kenny was when obviously I went to Edinburgh University and hung around Forbidden Planet, um, not where it currently is, is situated, but but one of the other shops okay. before it moved when it was up by um, up by the university. Um, and I, met, like, you know, I hung around there all the time, so much so that I was, you know, sorting out their standing orders for them and, right. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And there was the day that Kenny walked in. Kenny was never there. You know, he walked in the door to do whatever. Um, and I was standing behind the till running the shop. And he comes up to me and goes, do I employ you? And I went, no, no, Kenny, you don't. <laughs> Okay, and I understand some people got bollocking for the fact that you know <laughs> he, had, he had no issue with me being there and helping out and, and getting paid in comics and helping out yeah. stock takes and all that. So, but he's like, you can't leave him in charge of the whole shop. Um, but anyway, happy days of what things you got up to while at university. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, comic shops used to be like that, didn't they? Yeah, I remember doing yeah. that a bit for a couple of comic shops. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay. So we think they're on hiatus at the moment. I think their Twitter says that, doesn't it? I think. Yeah, they have been yeah. for a while. I think it's it's. I, I don't know. It, it's one of these things where you know the publishing game is not. It's a good way to lose a lot of money if if things aren't going particularly well. Yeah, I get um, you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so. so go on, mate. You were going to say. I was going to say. So there are a couple of scenes in here that yes, I think that's where I was going. Really yeah, worth good. calling yeah. out. One one of which really reminds me of my childhood okay and and i'm, I'm gonna say did your granny <laughs> have a drawer where none of the cutlery matched yeah christ yeah i've still got one That's, now yeah you know <laughs> it's it's something where i think people nowadays because they can go to ikea and just get a complete set of cutlery generally have one set of cutlery but yeah, yeah. I, I certainly remember you know my my grandparents on all sides you know, having just a drawer where you would go and go, right, I need to get three knives to set the table or whatever. No, there's not three the same. And so the, the scene where he captures this, and this is quite early in the book, um, and obviously one of the superstitions is this thing about the white-handled knife. Yeah. So he's he's going to that drawer, and just that scene where he's, he's in the drawer, and he realises that none of the cutlery is the same, but one of them has the white handle. So he's going to hide the white-handled knife and take it with him onto the boat. And thus prove that having a white-handled knife is is not a bad thing. Yeah, um, I, I remember having one of those shitty white-handled knives around my grand's house, and um, yeah. and that was Wembley. That wasn't even Scotland, you know. And it was always the, the shitty butter knife that always looked like it probably wouldn't last long, you know. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so that, that, as I say, that that scene was just made me think. Yeah, that that really captures something of that. As I say, to me, it makes it nineteen seventies rather than, but that it still has that that, that feel about it. Yeah, um, I mean, to a certain extent, I do feel a little bit as Will has put himself into this character, and no, I don't mind that at all. Yes, because I think it's on, on record as saying that there's more oh, on the character okay. than, than he actually meant, or you know, it's that whole you know, you write yourself into things without realizing that you've done so because you have to realize these things. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm assuming again, it's, it's a multi generational thing. I'm assuming he had grandparents or whoever who had a drawer of cutlery that didn't match. 
Yeah. Because that, that's not something you find by reading a book about um, fishermen of the West Coast of Scotland. Exactly. You have to have experienced yeah. that somewhere. And there's not um, a lot of kids back then who would have gone from a fishing village to university, probably, I'm guessing. No. Certainly not when I was younger. And there's um, also this element of him being a photographer as well mm. lends to that almost um the artistic side of a person which to me when i saw that i thought oh maybe this is well and then i took because i read it before i did any research and i did have to like flick through and think is this about him you know but yeah mm. i'll get you which is a nice little touch so he's got this sort of instamatic camera um that he's taking pictures of this sort of cheap camera that he's taking pictures of things at the start and i thought oh okay well this maybe is well so a little bit of that is, is fine by me yeah you know? yeah yeah well, what other, did other, you have any other ones? Yeah, come. The one other scene that I think is is brilliant, and I've actually been using this phrase actually in 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 work. The there's a scene where they they end up, or he's they're on shore picking up supplies, and he overhears a story about a boat that was lost at sea, yeah, or that was that was sank, and he realizes that he knows who the skipper was, and right. the, the skipper's Tam. Um, and he, he basically goes to, to meet him and he says, says, Tam, did you lose your boat? She's not lost, son. I know exactly yeah. where she is. Yeah. And I was like, that's brilliant. I just love that as a, as a way of going, no, no, we, we don't lose boats. We know where they, because we know exactly where they are. Yeah, and it's true, isn't it? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah that, that just tickles me as a, as a, as a sort of phrase. Yeah. One of, I have to say, one of my favourites, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say two. And um, one of them, which I, I'm, I'm a sucker for these sort of silent, movement pages is the one which is the under the water and the fish mm. are swarming and they're doing like a big circular movement and they and they go straight into the net and i just thought it, it's almost it's almost three acts in itself you know because you've got this sort of tragic ending and the close-up of the eyeball of the fish and uh and then right in the last minute the boy's name is shouted you know yeah. i thought ah oh, right just to just to throw you off the moment you know there and then which i think really works well um yeah a nice pace so he's captured the panic in the fish's eyes yeah i know in the sort of the last two or three panels of that it's where you you know because it's always as you say it's just a shoal of fish and then yeah. suddenly they, they realize they're in a net and and the panic sets the yeah. set in I mean, it may play into the fact that i've been a vegetarian since i was a child but do you know what i mean there may be a bit of that yeah. somewhere in it but yeah it does uh yeah it's very striking it is amazing and the other one is um when the, the the boat docks, um, or just before the boat docks, when they're, he's he he enlar he goes to two panels a page on that, um, and the 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 nets between the two boats, and they've had a successful, mm. and then and then the following panel is him getting in a car, and and I thought I really like the the way because easily you could say right now this is the journey back to the shore in the boat and all this sort of thing, but he doesn't do that. He yeah. jumps. And it's it's naturalistic and it works well because you understand totally because you've been following it and you get the, the, basically two pages of him saying goodbye, and then one page which is kind of a pin up at the end. I'm not even you know it's a little bit of a yeah. just a look back at the silver the silver um, darling boat. Um, but yeah, I really like the way he did that, and it's um it's not over over elaborated. You know, it's not it's not like over rendered. It's it's just this very simplistic shot of the two boats, and uh, mm. yeah, he doesn't play a lot. He doesn't use a lot of. I'm going to put this. He doesn't use a lot of lines in a face, does he either? Um, but he no. manages to get across a personality with that short amount of lines. I'm, I'm not even sure who I'd compare him to. I've been racking my brains all week. Did you come up with anyone who you thought was oh, a bit like? There, there's a little bit of Tim Seale in it. 
Yes, but I can see that. Yeah, just be me thinking who does does wash effects and, and the yeah, like. and and Sale isn't a person often to put loads of detail in the face, is he? You know, no, because the the use of the shadows and the the depth of of shading, yeah, with the the wash effect, allows you to to cover a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I also really like the fact that because they're they're supposed to be teenagers and like or, or youngsters, you know, the fact he's trying to grow a moustache and quite hasn't quite <laughs> yeah. got there. Yeah. Um, amuses me with it, um, but no, yeah, I think especially since you are the king of moustaches. <laughs> quite so much of them. Well, well no, you're not. Yeah, is I'm, it coming? I'm actually her suit. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry to uh, interrupt you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so no, I, I'm. I was. I knew you'd say to you, who does it remind you of? But yeah, so there is. There's a lot of sort of Tim Sale. Yeah. The the sort of long Halloween effect, just done in black and white. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's as I say, particularly where some of the, the scenes where the, where, the, where the boats are sailing the first time and they aren't quite making the the catch that they they would want to early on. That that's where say the effect of the the watercolor being very wet and, and creating a, yeah. a sky effect. That's that's you know the yeah the trouble with skies and yeah, yeah you know that sort of thing. Yeah, it is very well done. Um, yeah. The grey skies of Scotland, my friend, they're not always grey. <laughs> so as I say, it was to me it was a book that I wanted to make sure you'd had the opportunity to see because you'd yeah. you know it, it, it could easily be be missed it, it certainly stands up as a for a reread i thoroughly enjoyed rereading it actually. yeah me i really enjoyed it man i have to say i think it really stood up and the good thing about it is you mentioned it to me god six months ago at least yeah but then um the it just so happened the dude was behind us and you know the nature of thought bubble is you don't you very rarely even speak to the people you know behind you or next to you because you're sort of yeah. busy chatting but um i was just sitting there knackered on the, i think it was the sunday and he just he, he just reached back and gave me the book and i hadn't spoke to him all day but he was a super nice dude i have to say yeah really nice dude he um as i say had he been any further away from me i probably wouldn't have got round to actually speak because the only yeah. people i spoke to closely were in that that one pod <laughs> yeah if you like yeah um so the fact I was able to wander around and, and say, "Oh, how many out things? Bye bye," and yeah, was it made it easy to organise. If you like, which was was great from that perspective. And you're right; that was just there, there you go. There's superstitions for you. The fact that we, you're right. We did mention this six months ago, and there, there lo behold, we were all sat episode. within yeah five yards of each other. And, and you know what? I think actually it, it ties into Christmas in a way, but in that this whole. It has a great family feel to it as a book about yeah because the family is even though he's leaving he understands his place better and understands his family better um by the end of the book yeah and, and that's it, kind of a big point of it isn't it the fact that mm. you know he understands what you know he may be going away to a big city to be you know to go to university to probably become a little changed you know kids who will go any university do become changed don't they um but before he goes he's he's it's there's that sudden realization of that what a fucking hard-working dude his dad is. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and his brother as well. Or, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. All the other people on the boat. Yeah. And yeah. and that therefore it's... And that's why he doesn't burst their bubble, I think, because he suddenly realises that. And yeah. that's, you know, why, why why take something away from them that costs you nothing for them to have? Yeah, to ruin their superstition, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, good shout, man. So I don't have his website, but I've got his Instagram, so, which is at Will Morris, and his Twitter is WH underscore Morris. And his um, website is whmorris.com, which stuff. has a link to his shop where yep. you can get the book for nine ninety nine. And quite a lot of um, original art and comics work on there as well. You can go and read mm. and stuff. Um, yeah, I think um, I think Clerk Colville's almost on there. Com- 
entirely, I think, off the top of my head. There's, There's only a good few pages of it, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of pages from, from the other stuff. Yeah. And, of course, if you want to know what um, what he looks like when he when he draws the shadow, then feel free to go and look at comic art fans because you'll find a shadow. <laughs> he drew you a shadow. You're a monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, man. I can mention he did quite a good one, actually. He loves a nose, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, you know what? I will, I will endeavour to share it to the Slack later on. Oh, when, good um, Yeah, when we when, put this live. When this is out for those that, that are connected that way. Good stuff, man. Excellent. Good. Right. So just uh, because we had a short a short book this week, um, we had a chat and said, oh, let's have, just have a little chat about stuff that we've liked, stuff that we're looking forward to. So more in just a general chat. So what? So how was in, in your sort of comics life? How was the 2021 for you, dude? Was it a, a good or a bad year of comics and, and why? I, well, I suppose it, you, you break that into two parts. In terms yeah. of creatively, yeah. it was a brilliant year, I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would like to be out about more and all that sort of sort of stuff. But you know, I, I got two books out there. Um, I was trying to put together an image earlier of um, of the Penguin twenty twenty one, but trying to put three hundred and six <laughs> thumbnails onto the one image, it got a bit blurry. Um, so, Good work, man. Some of them were commissioned, so it's not not everybody's seen all of those. You've just drawn a. I mean, you just drawn that, that comic smell as well as penguins i saw so so tom's was the first person to call me out about the strip that i did around the time of the strip 2000 where i did the the band of idiots that have supported the um the penguin over the years and basically <laughs> said could, could i name who's who in that uh, that group where i penguinized a lot of people yeah um and, and I did, and I realised that the, that comic smell were not um, were not in that. So oh. I, I said I would I would put that comic smell into their own little group. So the, they were they were penguinised um, for, uh, and they've just got a new. We shouldn't talk about different podcasts while on another podcast. No, go on, they, yeah, they, please do. They've even got a new publication out this week, which is their Christmas. Um, yeah, I'm listening to it at the moment, and you are a joke of yours is quoted in the first ten minutes. First ten seconds or so. Well, yeah, yeah. Are you going to put are you going to put that tree up yourself? No, I'm going to put it in the living room. Yes. Yep, one of my favourites. The uh, and funny enough, I have in front of me "Once Upon a Time During the Ice Age" by Mike Sadaka, as well, which uh, arrived in the post. He very kindly sent it to me, and I'm looking forward to reading this tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. good stuff, Mike. Yeah, they're um, our buddies. Yeah. I like them. They're good guys. Oh, they're yeah. a great bunch of guys. So that you know, creatively, I, you know, and obviously the the DUI anthology as well. Yeah, was was a big boon for me because that's the first time I've written something that somebody. Oh, yeah, was very good, man. Very impressed. Yeah, really good. And um, I hope each is feeling well. Yeah, a little shout out to H. I see Damien's talking smack talk on the uh, Slack at the very at this yeah, time sure. for the quiz. But yeah, yeah, yeah big, big up to them both, especially H. Yeah. Um, what about from a reading point of view, dude? Yeah, so so the, creativity, reading, creativity's been up. What about reading? Yeah, reading has been up, up and down, I suppose. Yeah. The, I, I'm I'm with some of your views on this. I know you've expressed elsewhere about the fact that you know the big two are not. Primarily DC for me are not necessarily yeah. putting out an awful lot of stuff that is really grasping me at the moment. Yeah. There are some exceptions to that, but you know the main bat titles at the moment are an absolute shambles. <laughs> I agree um, completely. I buy uh, Batman and Detective, and I just sometimes I just go for months, so I can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, that. Yeah. Um. But there are there are some exceptions in there. Yeah. Um, the Nightwing throughout the year has been really good. good. The yeah. Tom Taylor and 
Bruno, is it Redondo? Yes, I think you're right. Um, yeah, beautiful book. Um, yeah. I've actually been really enjoying the, the most recent Harley Quinn series, okay. which is Stephanie Phillips and um, Riley Rosmo. Oh, nice. Um, I didn't realise he was doing it. Okay. Oh, right. I'm not entirely sure. I would, I would for you. I would recommend the Nightwing, but not necessarily the Harley okay. Quinn. Yeah. The, the Harley Quinn art is a little bit um, that 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 bubbly effect that that's not necessarily your cup of tea. But, <laughs> you know but it, too it, well. it carries it. The uh, one star is it one star squadron? I read last week. Mm. That's fucking good. You know, I like that. that. I haven't picked that up yet, but it does. It, it has the look about it of something that would have been early '90s because it has a sort of Wahaha Justice League feel or this yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's Looks all right. Like... I'm I'm blanking on who drew it. Uh who who did um Oh, who did the um the Jimmy Olsen book? Um Oh, it'll come to me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was an aside. Yeah, okay, yeah, anything I'm, else, man? Call me a comic historian early on. This is modern <laughs> comics. Yeah. I suppose yeah. Um and on, on the history front, I guess that the greatest choice for me this year come from rereading books that primarily for this right and going some of the, the joy is actually possibly come with that have chosen books that i know that i really liked yeah and then there was the trepidation of going back and firstly going will i re-enjoy it and then saying if i give it to you will, will you enjoy it yeah that's a good um, point and i just to interrupt you there my one of my high points of the year was the uh george pratt book I was going to say that that was that yeah exactly what I was going to talk about yeah, yeah incredible man. Um, incredible rereading that you know and going actually this is excellent you know and absolutely yeah. you know the 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 depth that it brings out in terms of the characters and the art in it is is you know and it was the same with I see a darkness I think that you know that that was the, the Johnny Cash book where yes yeah that yeah. you know we, that sent us down certain rabbit holes that that were <laughs> yeah. we didn't necessarily need to go down but yeah so the the, re, the revisiting some of those books and going actually these are as good as I remember and I, you know it's not just me that gets it but other people are, are are getting things out of it either either yourself or people who have commented on the podcast. You know, post as well to say that you know they've they've enjoyed those books. Oh, I really enjoyed that part of it, man. Yeah, there's a nice. I know we're not we're not a huge podcast, you know, but we do have people who 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 comment back and say what they've liked and stuff, and the fact they're reading it. I mean, we we had a couple just about last week's Brescia um, episode, um, and we certainly did have about George Pratt. I know I had um, a conversation with Martin Simmons about That's it. And, yeah, no, he, yeah. he you know he stopped the conversation with somebody else at Football so he could speak to me. So I thought, well, oh, I was like, oh, lovely, to do that. Yeah, that's um, so good, isn't it? and if there was ever a a man who's um who's got a comparable style and you know i i enjoy reading in a similar way it's martin i think you know he's 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 definitely on the on the up and comers around that side of painted comics that i enjoy you know yeah um, yeah yeah really really that was i mean a fucking absolute i told you, you know, i went on the worst holiday i've ever been on in my life <laughs> the rainiest holiday and i sat on the beach in this sort of brief moment of no rain um with literally nobody around me um, and on a on a stony beach that just went on for miles, and I read that book, and it was absolute sh- shivers, man, chills down my spine. It's the most beautiful thing, and the mm. the, the most insightful thing. With it, oh, yeah, so good. I, I'm forever a fan of that dude. Now I look I look at his Instagram and Twitter, and wow, oh, uh, absolutely wow. Yeah, the, some of the art he puts on his Instagram where you're it, it's the pastels and there's very or ch- and chalks. He gets and so very much out of you. Done, yeah. And you're just like, oh. How do you get that from that? It's yeah. Like, it's like uh, it's like looking at an old, you know, one of those sort of ancient sketchbooks of one of the greats, you know, anything in fucking hell. 
yeah. yeah. Um, just to give a couple of other people a shout outs who've been on the pod. I, I, genuinely, everyone who's been on has absolutely fucking been brilliant. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed every single episode, even the ones that I went into it thinking I don't really like this that much. But you know, um, H is H is a good. Um, Helena is a good example of that because um, she came in and did Arkham Asylum, and I was never a fan. And and she she talked to me about it, and, I, and we were sort of messaging about it as well about bits of it, and then we talked about it, and I had this sort of new appreciation of it and i think everyone has come you know really with you know a folder full of notes and you know some really mm. good stuff the the dive that me and Eamon did into ec um over just over bernie krigstein and then i ended up reading almost all of ec comics yeah <laughs> it's like it just got me it just got me you know for a month um the stuff we did i did with seth with tom and um it was just brilliant and the stuff i did with um johnny johnny cannon and dick the dick her episode Fucking hell, that was a lot of work went into that one, but absolutely fucking loved it. And I have to say, I've probably, just with the stuff we've talked about, you know, and, and some of the other guys this year, I filled up a bookcase of books due to it, you know. Uh, I just keep buying stuff. Fucking my eBay account is a nightmare. But I don't share it with the missus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the, thing. The, the Seth one was the one that amused me having met him. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But but also having bumped into him in the street. Oh right, okay. In yeah. in uh, in Toronto. Did you suddenly um, think you're in ni- the 1950s or something? You know. Well, I say bumped into him. Literally, we saw him, and this was like the day after the con, and I was like, "All right," because you think surely he puts that on as a persona to be seen <laughs> yeah. at an event. You know, he wears the hat and the, the 1930s style suit and all that stuff. But but no, no, he that, that's how he just dresses. All the time, <laughs> he does, doesn't he? And yeah. you're just, it's like, it's just in the middle of Toronto, mate. Are you sure? <laughs> we, I mean, and, yeah. we we got to Angoulême a couple of days beforehand, just for a couple of meetings and stuff. Me and Sam in 2020, and um, we were knackered. We'd had like the worst journey. Somebody had tried to pickpocket Sam in, in on the tube, and the tube, the trains were all delayed, and all this sort of. Anyway, we had this terrible journey. So we finally walked, you know, walked up the big hill to where the restaurants are. Walked in it. We just wanted, just me and him were going to have dinner, late dinner, you know, and then get to bed for the the, the day of meetings the following day. And uh, we walked in, and Seth's sitting there with someone else, and he's wearing all that, uh, you know. Yeah. And uh, Sam just went, "Yep, well, there's Seth." <laughs> it <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> we were looking like a couple of tramps, and there he is, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I do like his stuff though. You, oh, are you a fan yeah. of his stuff, man? You must be. Yeah, yeah, no, I've got one or two things. Um, yeah. we'll give it up some of the. It's not always easy to get. That's that's part of the issue. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Not you mean? Yeah, the political singles. Yeah. Where, where do you begin with some of it? Is, is I guess the thing. But so a lot of his short stories are really good. Um, and yeah, drawn and quarterly. When when they do sort of collected editions, they're they're always smart pieces to have. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, they're a great company. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad they're still going and and, and thriving. Uh, and Fantagraphics, I think, to me, is probably we didn't do a publisher of the year this year, but I think probably Fantagraphics would have been my publisher of the year um, for just every, the sort of broad range, the new, the old, you know, the um, the archives as well as the sort yes. of um, outlaw stuff they're doing. I think they've been a great publisher. Who would be your publisher of the year? Any, any thoughts or? Oh. I, I, you know what? I don't know that one. Because okay. the only other book I was going to mention that was on my list yeah, yeah. here that, that I actually don't know who published it. There we go. Whoever do it is um, Book Tour by um, by Andy Watts. Oh, yeah. Which is at exactly the opposite end of the, the George Pratt piece thing in that he makes the complex look very simple. Yeah. And, and the way he, he really lightly 
or what he makes it look like there's very little on the page. I'm sure there's lots. In fact, I know there's lots of line work and pencil work underneath that ink work to, to get it to be right. Um, and it was a story that as I read it, I just I did not know where it was going to end. Yeah. There were so many you, twists. You worry for him, don't you? As it all gets worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was it had that feel of a, a European movie like um like Amelie or something like that, where you're like going this looks beautiful. I have no idea what's going on. Where are we going yeah. next? He's always seems sort of <laughs> rushing about in the town, doesn't he? He's always yes. rushing between places. Yeah. And he just, nobody would ever buy him a meal. It seemed to me. <laughs> <laughs> and his wife at home just wouldn't, you know, did not seem like a nice person at all. Yeah. Um, so that it, it seemed, yeah. So no, that, I thought that was a, yeah, a, I read that. I think you got to that before me. Cause I remember reading it and then you saying, Oh, you really liked stuff and you'd read his older stuff as well. Hadn't you? I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm currently reading some of his newer stuff as well. Okay. Stuff to some of his, um, his smaller comics that he's done, the mini comics that he's, he's produced. Big deal in France, um, man. They love him over there. Yeah. He, oh, was, I, I, um, I, he was listed last, uh, the last one glim. Yeah, yeah, he was in competition. Glister back in the days uh, was, a, was, a, was a great thing. So no, whoever yeah. whoever put that book out is there. They put them as my publisher of the year. Oh, nice work, man. So over to you. What does twenty twenty two got in store for you, man? Um, so PG wise, yeah, I'm, I'm already twenty four five pages into the next book. <laughs> Stop <laughs> me, please, somebody. Um, so the, we'll we'll. we'll there will be another book um, at some point. So a couple um, of Kickstarters this year, do we think, by the time you get to it? It's going to be in it, at least. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. It depends. I mean, yeah, well, let's assume they're, they're, you know, it's probably going to be, if we get one out sort of like April time, then there'll be another one again about November time. Yeah. And then we'll see what the con circuit does when, when things kick yeah. back off again for that. Signed up for various things that have rolled over from, from previous years, and there's Signed up for what is the replacement for, for MCM in, in Glasgow. So the first oh, you signed up for that. Yeah, I was considering yeah. that, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to come up for it. Put it that way. Yeah, I'll definitely so, be up for that one. I was well, there's, there's two, they're doing one, they're doing a spring and an autumn one. Right. So we'll see. Um, yeah. Of slightly different sizes because as in they're using different holes. Okay. Like, it's not in that if, place it was in before Glasgow Comic Con, the one that um, BHP run, is it? That no, no. This, so BHP's Glasgow Comic Con will also exist as well. Oh, okay. It, it will be primarily focused on nothing but comics, right? While right. Acme, which is Attic Conventions, something, something, right? Um, are um, they? As I say, it's much more an MCM ilk. So if you want to come up for comics, go to the BHP Glasgow Comic Con. Yeah. If you want to sell comics and make money, <laughs> go to the <laughs> that is becoming the quandary, isn't it? That's becoming the thing soon, isn't it? If you want to go to a convention that sells comics, you're not going to, you're likely not going to sell many. But if you want to go to one where people run around screaming, shouting anime things, and wearing fun clothes on their heads, sometimes you will do well at them, won't you? You know, depending on what you sell. And yeah, that's the, that, that that penguin sells well into that audience. That's yeah, I get you. Yeah. You know. Um, we did all right at the Satanists fair. <laughs> but again, that's funny. The right, and this, I've said this with you know with, with Damien and like you know it's you know go, I, I did a, a Christmas craft fair last weekend. Oh, and I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Did well, at it, you know, yeah. Let's see. Well, you know, I, yeah, I did well at it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, for a, for a morning, the <laughs> and you, you're like, going, yeah, it's if you get you know if you've got a book that. Every book has an audience. 
Yeah. You just need to make sure that you're putting it in front of that audience. And this is what some people who sell or who create comics don't realize. The audience doesn't find you. You have to find them. Okay. Um, and sometimes that is, is also just about, you know, getting it into their hands and getting it under their eyes so that they, they'll, they'll, and then they will get into it and, 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 and go for it. Um, nobody's going to buy the penguin just because they saw it on Facebook, <laughs> but they might <laughs> buy it, pick it up and hold it, you know, hold it in their hands and look at it and say, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with, with, with the tribute press stuff. If, you know, if you went to a craft fair, no, I don't think you'd do particularly well. But <laughs> if you went to, you know. I'm big with the gilf market. I'll tell you now. Yeah. I've got, I've got the a You're the WI, you know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know. Um, but if you're at the satanic um, zine fair, then, then yeah, you will do. Because those are the people who are going to go, this is actually the sort of stuff that we're, you know, reading elsewhere. And they're like, so why wouldn't I read, the, read it here? Yeah. Um, and I, it's the same with, if, if you write wrestling comics, go to a wrestling event. If you write, I don't know. What's that Maybe fucking comic? Scottish come, comics, then go to yeah. history events. You know. Yeah. Um, What's that comic that's just come out about the dogs who live with a serial killer? I forget uh, Tony. Oh, what's it called? I, I'd take. I'd definitely take that to eat both horror conventions and dog events. That's where I'd be. Yeah. And that, and that to me is where we we, we... thought bubbles great. All the big cons are, or all the big comic comic cons are yeah. great, but. We are entirely the snake swallowing our own team. Oh, utterly these days. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I thoroughly, you know, and that's why I, I don't mind saying I will go and do events like an, uh, an MCM or an MCM equivalent to then pay for me. Yeah. To go to the events that I want to be at, you know, I'm not doing this to make money, so therefore I can af- I can afford to make those those choices. Yeah. Um, but that that is entirely yeah. A couple of years back, it wasn't was a case of I went to MCM Glasgow and that paid for my hotel at Nottingham. Oh, you know, that, so suddenly yeah. I go and yay Nottingham for free. But you know, it's <laughs> and that's that's you just have to take those Ross with smooths. Yeah, I get. You. I totally agree, man. Yeah, yeah, we had a, blast. New, we had a blast. new book wise, I think every, for next year, I think everybody that I know is, that's seen it is going bring on Kane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we were only talking about that on this week's ACP actually because he's put the first page out, isn't he? I think. Mm. Yeah. Proper teaser. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> hoping that he's done loads in the background in this. There's no page. He's not yeah. Just started. <laughs> yeah, I've got a Jack Staff page on my wall right in front of me. There you go. I, I, I've got one upstairs on, on my wall. I've, yeah. I've, I've even got a, a cane cover actually upstairs on the wall. Oh, nice one. Okay. Um, from the the trade paperback, um, Rabbit Hunt. Oh yeah, I know the one. Yeah, Dancing Elephant Press. I've got them as originally. Is that right? Yes, okay. Dancing Elephant. Before yeah. it went to the Dark Horse, a good image. An image at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think Jack Staff was image, wasn't it? I think and Mudman was image. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That should be good. Um, I mean, how long has Kane been gone for? Twenty years? No. You know, it could be. It could be, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Jack Staff's at least. 10 12 years old, isn't it? And then, then it is because Jack's staff basically replaced Kane. Okay, yeah, yeah, well, there you go. So that should be good. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's great. It gets us back to going that we're now getting comics from the sweet spot back being produced new, getting comics, <laughs> yeah, which is what we want. Well, those film deals have fallen on their face and they're back into comics now. I don't know if that's true about about him, but about Paul Grist, but yeah, I doubt it is to be fair. But there you go, yeah, good stuff, man. So, you've got some books coming up. You've got a load of books out at the moment. Where can people go and buy your current batch? 
If uh, if you want to find me, just go and search on any form of social media at Gwyn. Good stuff, man. Uh, please do. It's always a laugh. Um, you can find me at patreon.com forward slash tribute press where we're currently running Hank Fur. It's all about to get going. Another pair of boobs today. So any moment it's going to kick off in that series. Um, he's really killing it, Daryl, actually. I'm really... Yeah, Forpy's knocking that out of the park. Oh, so good. Yeah, wait till you see what happens on that. And you can go back, if you join the Patreon now, or at any time, you can go back and read um, five issues of Flesh and Ink. Um, you can buy. You can you can read so much on there. There's like there's loads on there that's available. And we are recording the Christmas Baboonsville Radio um, Patreon only podcast tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Um, it'll probably be out the following day. I suspect the way Adam works. But um, yeah, um, if you don't like bad language, don't listen. But it's going to be like a lively one. So look forward to that as well. <laughs> Thanks, man. We'll have a little chat. I have a have a thought which I'm going to throw you away in a second. Um, but uh, yeah, so see you in about a month. I think you're back, man. So good stuff. Cool. Thanks, dude.